Consistent self-improvement, everybody. My name is Classic, and you are listening to American Gypsy Podcast. I am your host, and I am here with my co-host. Gypsy, and we have Brendan Kumarasamy here from A Master Talk, a YouTube channel that focuses on the art of public speaking. Uh, it's nice having you here, uh, Brandon. Glad to have you here today. Yeah. Uh, so tell us about how you got started with public speaking. Yeah, for sure, Gypsy Classic. Great to be here, you too. Yeah, how I got started was super simple. When I was in university, I used to do these things called case competitions. Think of it like professional sports, but for nerds. So other guys my age were, you know, playing football or baseball or basketball. Sports, as you can tell, I'm clearly not equipped to do. I did presentations competitively, and that's how I learned how to speak. And I accidentally got really good at coaching other people on communication because as new students were entering the program, I was kind of the self-anointed speech coach because we didn't really have one. And that's how I learned how to communicate and coach other people and how to do that too. So when I started working my corporate career, I had the idea for Master Talk because I felt a lot of information that I was sharing with the students wasn't available for free. And then a few years later, it turned to a, a business and a movement. Okay. You were saying... <laughs> Said no, you look like a UFC fighter. That's where the world is today. <laughs> what? <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Because a lot of times you can't even really tell when you look at certain UFC fighters now, you can't really judge a book by its cover like that. Seriously. They have like a um a lot even from boxers. Everybody get into uh, jujitsu, so I wouldn't say physically. I still wouldn't put anything past you. You could say a nerd. It was like, yo, nerds is a different definition nowadays. You know, <laughs> you're a nerd, nerd about Brazilian jujitsu. So, <laughs> and so it's yeah levels. But yeah, I get what you're saying. <laughs> you know, it's so funny that you mentioned that classic because I'm a massive, massive UFC fan. Really, and wow. I totally. Totally get the analogy. Yeah, there's a lot of champions right now who are complete nerds, like Brandon Moreno. So yeah. <laughs> you think he's a nerd? Oh, he is one. He's really? a self-proclaimed one. I didn't know. Yeah, that. there's a whole whole videos about. It. He has the Klax Legos and Israel Adesanya as well, right? The the king of the middleweights. Yeah, like I, he well, does the same thing. I still right? he say watches he's anime. A nerd. Yeah, but you know, I watch anime too. I, you know, I played Dragon Ball Z, Kakarot, uh, PlayStation Four. You know, I, I wouldn't consider myself necessarily a nerd, but I don't know. I have to look at some somebody else and be like, dude, you, you're a nerd. I, <laughs> but yeah, I'm, I'm a UFC fan too. Rashad Evans was one of the fighters that got me into watching UFC, and oh. you know, at first it was like I, we talked about it a little bit before, and like I said, it it took me a little bit to get into it, but you know, out of the respect for the fighters and everything, that's kind of what made me respect it and watch it a little more and be able to stomach it. And you know, now I see, yeah, I love it, MMA. But I'm I'm not in trained or anything. And me neither. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, so. I guess to kind of, since where you are, tell us a little bit about yourself, where you're from, and because that's kind of what I like as well. I, I I like to find that part out about some people, and then we still, you know, talk more about what you do as well. But I, I'm interested in where you're from and kind of how you came up a little bit. Yeah, absolutely, classic. Happy to. So, so I grew up in a city called Montreal in Canada, and and for those who don't know. And this is where I still live, by the way, even if I fly a lot to the U.S. Like I was in New York just yesterday. I was in Miami a few weeks ago as well. So I'm definitely all around, but Montreal is definitely my, my home base. And, and for those who don't know in Montreal, you need to know how to speak French. 
So that's where I I guess my. I didn't know that. You speak French. I do. I do. Okay. Yeah. So so that's where my journey started. I guess you know I was I was in I was a five year old kid. My parents looked at me and they said, "Hey, you got to go to French school." And that's where I guess uh, a lot of my challenges began because I was presenting every day in a language I didn't know, and I was speaking in a language I didn't know every day as well. Okay. So what made you take uh, your skills to YouTube? What made you pick that for your, um, I guess, your avenue for your content? Yeah, great question, Gypsy. For me, YouTube, you, you know, I kind of looked at the game, right? Look at look at all of the, the different platforms, the different ways of disseminating a message. And if you look at the net number of people who, who get status from, from media, YouTube wins by a long shot, right? So I'll, I'll give an example. Name me the n- maximum number of people of famous people that you know who have a podcast, right? You run out of names really quick. You're kind of like Joe Rogan, uh, Jordan Harbinger, Lewis Howes, right? And you don't, uh, Jay Shetty. And some of these names probably you two don't even know, right? So yeah, like, I really yeah. don't. <laughs> right? And the same way you two could name a lot of people and I'm going to be like, oh, I'm not really sure either. So you don't really have a big number. Same thing with Instagram pages. There's no one who goes like, oh yeah, here's like 10 people who are famous on Instagram. They were famous off Instagram and then Instagram just kind of fell the count. But with YouTube, YouTube is the only platform where people can go from, well, not the only platform, but the the easiest platform where you can go from a nobody to having status. And status is important, not because I want to buy a Louis Vuitton purse, <laughs> but because status allows me to impact more lives. Right? If people know who I am and my message, it's a lot easier for me to share communication. And obviously, you know, public speaking is probably easier to see through video. Like the guy who's talking should probably know how to speak. Yeah. So that's yeah. the, the other piece. And I think YouTube audience are a little bit different in that um, you're going to YouTube for education half the time. So you're kind of open to that versus always wanting entertainment like the other social medias probably. Yeah. So what Absolutely. are some top like five maybe tips that you give to people, even though they say like public speaking is, was the number one fear, um, fear yeah. that people have next to death? <laughs> 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 so, so, um, what are some tips that, you know, you could give some people? I know I'm because one of the, the podcasts is really to help me become more comfortable with public speaking. I'm a musician, um, mm. grew up a musician. So speaking publicly is something that I'm having to grow with, with the podcast. But, you know, what are some tips that you would give people that mm. suffer with, you know, or have looking forward to having a career with public speaking? What are, you know, some of the five t- little couple of tips? Yeah, that's a great question. Classic. I, I think for me, the the public speaking tips I'd share. So let's go with with five easy ones. So let's say number one. Number one is called the random word exercise. So all it is essentially is you take a random word like phone or mouse or laptop, and you create presentations out of thin air. And what this does is it improves your resilience as a speaker. So I'd encourage you to, right after the show's over, you should give each other random words. So like classic gives, you know, gypsy you know, word, and then Gypsy gives classic word, and you kind of just have fun uh, giving uh, giving, um, giving each other these random words and doing these presentations. That would be my first tip. It's the easiest thing to do on your own, and it yields a lot of great results. Because if you can talk about nonsense for a minute, when you go back into your, your subject matter expertise, it becomes a lot easier to digest. Okay. You have any tips for, like, overthinkers? Like, I feel like I'm an overthinker sometimes. When I'm talking, and I don't know if that's a common thing, but any tips on that? 
Yeah, for sure. I would say for for overthinking, it's it's always about understanding the root problem, right, Gypsy?、Mm-hmm. So why why do we overthink? Because we're afraid that we make a mistake in the delivery of our message. Oh, I might have missed this detail or that detail or this, and then it, and then what? Generally, what happens is if we overthink too much, we actually don't end up sharing the message at all. Which is generally the most common problem. So I would I would reframe that a bit differently. I would say, what is the cost, right? What is the cost of us overthinking?、Mm-hmm. What what price does our audience pay for? Like imagine right this podcast. What if you guys spent a year just overthinking and saying, oh, got to make sure the mic's perfect, got to make sure Gypsy's on Gypsy's on the right, not the left, and and classes in the back, not the front, and you guys are all kind of figuring out. You know the details. Well, you'd never get started, and then you know the people that resonate with your message would never hear you. So I would say to focus on the cost of 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 overthinking. What 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 pain are we causing to our audiences? And once we're aware of that pain, we go, okay. You know what? This isn't perfect, but it's good enough to ship. So let's just ship it and see what happens. Gotcha. <laughs> I think that's what I do with the YouTube too. Like. I wasn't necessarily like all the way comfortable with the camera before I started the YouTube. I was just like, I'm gonna practice on air, <laughs> or you know, by just doing more videos all the time. And same with the podcast. It's like we're just gonna practice as we go because I'm, you know, I'm a, you know, web developer by day, so like I'm not used to public speaking all the time. So this is kind of new to me. So it's you know. I'm just developing the skill as we go with the show. I've definitely seen a new person bloom from her as she does more public speaking and get into the YouTube stuff because she's, you know, known to a lot of people to be quiet. But、mm. to watch her, you know, talk more into the camera and to watch it, and I've seen her grow and her confidence grow with public speaking.、So. Do you do?、Um, Like workshops or like courses or anything like that to help or one on ones with people or things like that. Yeah, for sure. I would say I would say for ninety five percent of people are listening. Definitely, my YouTube channel is always the best place to go. It's free. You know, people、mm-hmm. can check out the resources, have fun with it, and enjoy. And then I would say for around five percent of the audience, it's going to be you know mostly coaching services. So we do we do a lot of group coaching for for people who want to get better at speaking. We have different programs for that. Okay. So, what are some the would you say the main don'ts when speaking? What to not do?、Mm, yeah, you you know what I would say, classic. Going back to the first question, what are some tips, speaking、yeah. tips that we can do? I think I think focusing on the do's make more sense because, and、okay. the reason is because well, there's so much negativity around public speaking. You know, we see it like a chore. Yeah. Right, and the reason we see it like a chore is because every presentation we begin our lives, we're mandatory. We don't wake up one morning and go, "Hey, classic gypsy, you want to get breakfast and present all day?" You know, nobody really. <laughs> <laughs> we're close to it, but、uh, we're not. <laughs> right, no one really does that, right? So, so I definitely、yeah. think focusing on the positive really helps. So, so the first one is the random word exercise, and I guarantee you, just doing that five times a day, five minutes a day. Will really change the game for you in communication. The second tip I would give is around the idea that public speaking is a lot like a jigsaw puzzle. You guys know a jigsaw puzzle? You know those puzzle pieces you used to do as kids? Yeah, yeah kind yeah. of put them together, right? Some of us still do them. So when we think about jigsaw puzzles, one question that's more of a rhetorical one is: If you were working on a jigsaw puzzle, which pieces would you start with first? And most people 
they tend to answer the edges, right?、Mm-hmm. And the reason they answer the edges is because, well, wait a second, those edge pieces are easier to find. Because if you go in the box, you can、yeah. see all those corners, right? So put the edges together and then work your way into the middle. But here's the thing: in public speaking, we don't do that. We do the opposite. We start with the middle first. We start shoving a bunch of content like this into our presentation. We get to the keynote or the workshop, and it sounds like this. We ramble throughout the whole thing. Then we get to the last slide, and it goes, "Uh, yeah, so, uh, thanks." <laughs> Not the best way to prepare. I do that a lot. It's like I prepare a lot when I'm doing presentation, and when I get to it, I go through it really fast. And I'm like, "Why did I do that?" But yeah, I don't know. That's just one of the things I do. But those are some great tips that I'm definitely going to take into consideration. Definitely the presentation thing. I could see us doing that for fun. Absolutely, <laughs> right. And and then the tip around that, and I'm glad I'm glad you resonated with that. You too. Is now the trick is how do you practice for next time? Practice your presentations like a jigsaw puzzle. Right. Start with the edges first. So, for example, for your podcast, what you can do is practice just the intro and the outro.、Okay. So, just like practice the intro, like when you intro a guest and say, "How do we make this better?" and do the same thing with the outro. And then, after you do fifty times the same guest, you just keep practicing the intro. You'll get so good at introducing guests that when somebody comes on your show next time, you introduce them, they'll go like, "Holy moly, geez, what kind of show is this?" <laughs> <laughs> I got to tell my friends about this one, so that's that's a good way to to practice. Definitely, it's funny that as I thought about it today, when I introduce, I usually say that this is you're listening. You're now listening. First, you're now listening to American Gypsy podcast. I am your host, Classic. And today, I ended up saying I am Classic first, and then said you're yeah, now you listening to.、It. Yeah, <laughs> she even noticed it, and I'm like, ah, I wonder. That was, I guess, not sure what that was. <laughs> <laughs> Practice, yeah. I got to get it back the other way, though. Yeah. What about for like ums and uhs? Like, is there any tips to kind of? I know that's something that almost everyone struggles with, unless they practice public speaking. Are there any anything that people can do to fix that? Oh yeah, absolutely, Gypsy. I, there's definitely a process that I share in my YouTube video, but I'll kind of give the simplified one on this podcast, so it's easier for people to implement. The first question we'd ask ourselves is, why do we say filler words to begin with? Okay,、mm-hmm. the reason we say filler words to begin with is because we forget what we want to say next. So let's say I'm speaking, blah 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 blah, and I forget what I want to say. Let's say I get asked a question, I go, uh. So we say filler words to buy. Time to buy ourselves time to speak, but the trick is is that the best speakers in the world still buy the same amount of time, but they replace their filler words with nothing, absolutely nothing. So if I get asked a question, instead of going uh, I just do this. Hmm, mm. that's a great point, Gypsy. Thanks, thanks for that classic. So let me answer it now. So notice why I did that. I replaced the filler word with nothing. So that's the strategies. You take out all your filler words, and every time you want, you forget what you want to say next. Instead of saying an um or ah,、uh, just say absolutely nothing. I think that's gonna take some takes、practice. me back. I think about the Kanye and Joe Rogan interview when Kanye was just quiet, and then he said it. I just said a prayer. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, I'm going to use that、yeah. next. 
there was like a long awkward silence that he was just sitting there he was they was just like he was thinking and the only thing he said next was i just said a prayer (laughs) (laughs) but yeah that's that's definitely food for thought and it feels good to get these tips and your 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 voice you have you do have a nice voice your pronunciation your your speech is very good i can you know i hear it very yeah. well so i just wanted to say it myself yeah thanks you too it takes time right i, I wasn't born with this voice you got to practice it practice practice right yeah. and that's the truth so do you have any types of tips like for someone training kids like if the kid is a, a child is first learning to speak do you have tips have kind of trained them from when they're first starting to speak to catch it early and begin yeah wonderful question never never thought never thought i'd get asked that on on this podcast which i love so (laughs) so what i would say is for for the kids i actually do coach kids it's kind of more of a passion project i do with my clients as kids and the reason is to help me make better YouTube videos. So I definitely have a couple of answers that I give them that I'm happy to give here. So the first thing that we need to do is whenever we do a topic in school, one of the issues I see in the education system is we don't let our children pick the topic. So it's never, hey, Johnny, what do you want to speak about? What are you, do you like music classic? Let's have you give a music. Pre- no, it's, yeah, classic. Could you do a presentation on Shakespeare, please? And you're like, shake who? Shake what? <laughs> What, what are we shaking here? I don't understand. Makes right? So, sense. like, we don't get to pick the topic. Something. So, of course, are, I'm sorry. Go ahead. No, no, no. no please, I was just saying ahead. something. You're saying the topic, something that you're confident in that you, you know, yeah, they don't give you something. Or like even that. better, that you remotely care about. Right? Yeah. So, like, yeah. it's just like if you don't if you don't care about Shakespeare, you're not going to put in. I mean, I'm sure Shakespeare is a good guy, right? Or a gal. I'm not sure. But anyways, but the point I want to drive yeah. is <laughs> like when you're when you're doing a topic that you really care about. It's a lot easier. So one thing I do with the kiddos is I have them take ownership. I go, you know, Billy, what do you like to do? And they go, soccer. I love soccer. And I was like, make a presentation on soccer. I don't care. What matters is like that you care about it. That's the first piece. Another piece that parents can do or educators can do with children is whenever a kid wants something, force them to argue for it. So instead of giving it to them, even if it's as simple as a chocolate bar, what I'm going to have my kids do when I have them in like a decade <laughs> is I'm going to literally force them to make a presentation on why they, I should buy them that, why it's worth my money. So if they're not willing to do the presentation, it means they don't care enough to have that thing. Right. And then for the big video game that they'll want, they'll make the presentation. So it'll help them articulate and debate ideas. That's the second one. And then the third tip is simple. Do the random word exercise that I was alluding to earlier with nieces and nephews and kids. Easy presentation it's golden 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 yeah so have you ever been to have you ever been to la i have i've been one time to la i have to come back this year to go visit a business partner at some point this year i have to come back but i came in uh right a week before the pandemic hit okay i was i was there for three days it was awesome definitely keep us you know give us a heads up when you're coming to LA and you can come in and do a um, in-house interview again. Yeah. That'd be awesome. Yeah. Do you have like, um, go ahead. No, go gonna ahead. Say something? I was going to say, do you have like, um, like a, a bucket list of like, uh, I don't know if I, for public speaking, if there's like events or things, um, 
where you go and and speak is do you have any in mind that you know like a TEDx or I don't know if they have conferences for public speaking or Oh, yeah, absolutely, Gypsy. There's definitely conferences on the way. I would say most of my stuff is virtual these days because of COVID. So a lot, like I do free trainings over Zoom as an example from time to time just to help the community out. And I'll also I do like different conferences. I mostly come as a participant. But yeah, definitely I've been asked to speak a few times. Yeah, I don't have too many other questions. <laughs> Other than asking about Canada. <laughs> I know, right? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, you can ask me about Canada. Well, you know, what? okay, so you're in, you say you're in Montreal, right? Yeah, and it's true. We all do live in igloos. It's true. <laughs> <laughs> I actually have a lot of families in Canada. <laughs> oh, really? Mostly where, where in, in Canada? Uh, Winnipeg. Winnipeg, that yeah. is super random. <laughs> really? <laughs> I used to live in Minnesota, so we used to drive to Winnipeg. Uh, oh, my God. Times. A lot, actually. What is that, like a seven-week drive? What's going on? No, that's like seven hours, seven, yeah, eight hours. Because Minnesota is yeah. bordering um, Canada. Oh, yeah. okay. So I totally got my like, geography wrong. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, it was my first time going to Canada. As far oh, yeah, as yeah, you did go with me. I'm, I'm so sorry. Going. The first place you went to Canada was Winnipeg. <laughs> they all say that. People that say that. Like, <laughs> you're like, what? Where's the scene here? What are we doing? And yeah, they like, really there's nothing. Have, yeah. Well, I'm originally, well, I can't, you know, I don't know how they feel about it. Like, I'm originally from Mississippi, you know, from the South. Mm. So ah, you know, it's a, cool, cool, cool. a lot of different perspectives on that as well. They probably say the same thing. For, well, you know, people from LA, it's like from Mississippi, like, oh, okay. If somebody, if you were to travel here and the only place you went to was Mississippi, they probably throw that joke out there as well. But for sure. But Canada or Canadians, you guys definitely do that as far as with that joke. Whenever, whenever I say I've, I've been to Canada, I mean I've been to, um, yeah, to Winnipeg, and that's the thing that say, oh, sorry, you know. Full <laughs> <laughs> Karama, I like that. But uh, yeah, I always wanted to uh, check out Toronto and Montreal. Montreal because they speak French and I always wanted to learn French. Um, I did in high school, but you know, you don't really retain that that well. And I think from mm -hmm. the beginning of the show, the question about Canada was, "How's the weather there right now?" Mm. <laughs> yeah, it's different, guys. I, I have to actually translate this in Fahrenheit. It's minus five Fahrenheit right now in Montreal, so yeah. so cold. Okay, because I know they said something about some type of storm going through Toronto. I don't know where that is right now from Montreal. How far is that from Montreal? It's like a six hour drive, but yeah, we're, we're, we're getting the same snowstorm too. I had like two weeks. I was in Miami for a few days and I was in New York for a week. That was like, even New York was like summer for me. It's only like plus 10 there Fahrenheit. So, but here is way colder. So I was like, Oh, we're back to the motherboard. Yeah. We're close to 70 right now. <laughs> yeah. You guys are living the life, man. Living the life. <laughs> Yeah, we lived in the Virginia area, uh, D.C., Maryland, Virginia area before moving here. So we got a little t taste of that snowstorm and it was over from there. Mm, yeah. Gotcha. Yeah, but yeah, since Minnesota, I've been chasing like uh, hot weather for a while because <laughs> it's like it's basically Canadian weather in Minnesota. So I'm like after eight years of that, I'm like, I'm done. I'm not going to anywhere that has snow. I moved to Atlanta 
found out it has snow, so now I'm in California. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but it's definitely been a pleasure having you on. We're not going to hold you up too long. And any links that you would like to leave for the audience and for the listeners? Yeah, for sure, you too. Thanks for having me. So I would say two places that people can, can look me up. First one is definitely the YouTube channel. Just go and type Master Talk in one word in the YouTube search engine. You'll find me there, a bunch of free videos. And if you want to come to one of my free workshops, that's over Zoom. It's live coaching with me and it's free. All you have to do is go to rockstarcommunicator.com. Rockstarcommunicator.com, okay. That's a good name. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, we got we got lucky. That it was 10 bucks. We're like, yes. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it was a really good one. Um, and for the podcast, you can find us at American Gypsy. Uh, that's American Gypsy spelled G-Y-P-C. Um, and then uh, we also have merch at Luam Lee store, uh, luamlee.com. And you'll find links to all of that in uh, americangypsy.com. And the links for uh, Brandon's and our information will be in the description. Thank you for listening. It was a pleasure having you again. And consistent self-improvement to everyone. And look forward to seeing you in the future when you come by L.A. For sure, you too. Thanks for having me. All right. You have a good one. You too. Take it easy. All right. All right. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you for your time and for being patient with us as we deal with the technical difficulty. No stress. <laughs> no stress. You too. It was a fun episode. Thank you. I think we got an hour before the next one. Oh, it's a, uh, yeah. We actually have someone coming in for an in-studio interview. So nice. Yeah, we have to move some things around <laughs> and get prepared. <laughs> but, yes, thank you again. I'm going to go ahead and let you go. And we'll be in touch. We'll probably. Yeah, I'll send you the email once I upload the episode. Um, probably two days. Yeah, give us about yeah. two days. Yeah. Sounds good. And question, because I've been waiting to ask, how long does it usually take other people to get content out? As far as when you do a podcast with someone, how how long does it usually, on average? Oh, it varies tremendously, but I'd say the average is probably six to eight weeks. That's the average, but it really varies. Some people like I'm on their show, and it takes a few. It takes like six to eight months for it to come out. Really depends. Really depends on the show. Wow. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Appreciate that information. Yeah, yeah. I've been waiting to to ask. Yeah. How long you been on YouTube before we get off the call? I've I've been on YouTube for three years. I've been coaching for six though. Okay. But I uh, I've been on the platform for like uh, three years. Yeah. Okay. Okay. Yeah, YouTube. It's tough growing the audience. Like. YouTube's tough. Yeah. I invest a lot of money into my YouTube channel. Yeah. Okay. And that's what I'm just starting out to do. Yeah. yeah. Ads and stuff. Season two jumped in quick, but it's moving. <laughs> there you go. Yeah. Well, all right. Appreciate all right. your info and we'll be in touch. And yep, also sure. um, classic. I'm sorry. Classic Carpenter on Spotify. Cello music and some vocals you're a cello me. musician dude that's yeah. dope man yeah, I'm a i never <laughs> would have thought that's so dope yeah he plays uh there's a few videos on the youtube of this cello yeah, I'll, yeah. Let me, I'll check it out bro i'll uh, check it out right now actually 
All right. You have a good one. You too. You too. Take care.